Well, hey there. Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. Thank you for joining us today in this episode, episode 51. Dina and I sit down and have a nice discussion about medium chain triglycerides. So the title today is MCTs, What You Need to Know. So MCTs have been around for quite a while um, in a multitude of food products themselves and supplements, and they really hit the market just a few years ago. A lot of people started jumping on it and creating supplements and, and products and, and you name it. There's actually some really interesting health benefits and performance benefits to MCTs. So Dean and I sit down and chat about those benefits today. And specifically, we are going to discuss the different types, the four different types of medium chain triglycerides. We're going to talk about using them as an energy source and other health benefits. We're going to single out two of them, C8 and C10. That is called caprylic and capric acid and why we're singling those out because those are the most important MCTs. We're going to put a little bit of cautionary uh, wind out there to let you know that ingesting high doses of MCTs may be not the best thing at times, right? And we're going to talk to you about what is better, MCTs or ketone esters. Do they do the same thing? Do you need to use both? How do you use both and what quantities? So we get to kind of mesh that out a little bit today. We are super excited for this episode and doing a deep dive into medium change triglycerides. Before we do get to the show today, this episode is brought to you by my other company, All Around Snack Company. I did find it in two find it, I founded it in 2020. And I really wanted to try to make an impact on having athletes and individuals and kids and families. Wanted to have them give them another option of super tasty snacks low in added sugar, no dyes, no, no, you know, additives, colorings, any of that stuff, chemicals. And as you know, I want it to optimize blood sugar. So I created a company. I've got three wonderful, wonderful snacks, gourmet snack mix, energy bites, and protein puffs. So you can check those out at allaroundsnackco.com. And we are giving a discount for all of our awesome listeners. So if you use the code ISNPODCAST22, you will get 15% off your order at All Around Snack Co. Definitely appreciate it. Now on to our episode. Thank you for joining us today on the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. I'm Dina Griffin here with my co-host and Pip. Bob Sibahar, how are you doing on this fine day? Top of the morning to you, D. <laughs> oh God. I don't have I, I can't do the that. accent, but at least I can say that phrase, Where right? Top of come, the morning to you. Top of the morning. Where I don't did know. that come just, from? It's just it's just been one of those mornings so far. I don't okay. know. What you know, we're recording this at the end of the week and you know it's just it's something happy about the end of the week, right? I'm I'm in a, I'm in a really great mood today. Fantastic. More, more so because I kind of get to chat about some really cool things too, oh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so speaking of that, Bob, we're going to talk about a topic that I think is confusing questions that you get a ton of, I get a ton of, and sometimes things that just get uh, sensationalized in some of the supplement marketing world and, and so forth. But because we've been talking about ketone esters with a few of our previous episodes, we wanted to dive into uh, the world of MCTs, medium chain triglycerides. 
And listeners, don't tune out yet if you're like, I don't even know what that is, or <laughs> is this a new restaurant or something? <laughs> um, MCTs, uh, I mean, Bob, let's just dive in right away because why wait? I've got my goggles on, <laughs> swimsuit, we're diving. I mean, Two I'm feet. just plunging in. Plunge it. Because it is very exciting. Medium chain triglycerides. So I'll just start with uh, a basic here in terms of a simple high-level overview with like one sentence, which is basically a type of fat, medium chain referencing the uh, amount, number of bonds or the length of that chain of fatty acids. But Bob, there are only a few medium chain triglycerides. So could you walk us through what we know about these few medium chain triglycerides and why do we even want to talk about them? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was thinking as you were kind of setting us up, Dee, I was thinking, man, when I was, you know, when we were in school, we didn't, I mean, we learned about this in biochemistry and, you know, short, medium and long chain fatty acids, but when did I ever use this? So like I, in my early days as being a sport dietitian, it was never on the radar back in the days, right? Never. No. And let's just tick the box back in the days. Okay. okay done. But, but, but we didn't talk about it. Right. And so it hasn't been, you know, I saw an evolution of kind of the biohacking years and I don't know when you can actually determine when biohacking really became a thing, but yeah. that's when MCTs really became popular. Like that's when uh, Dave Asprey, Bulletproof Coffee, that's when those, when that started happening, the, the predominance of MCTs blew up. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think a lot of consumers were like, Hey, what are these again? I mean, they've always been there. They're in food, uh, some foods. Um, they are some, sometimes manufactured, right? So I think it's 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 been around, uh, listeners. It's just more, uh, it's been around for a while in science. It hasn't been until the biohacking days where we've really become more aware of it. So there are four MCTs, right? And like, like you were saying, it depends on the amount of carbons that are in each molecule. And that's what separates or signifies each MCT. So the four of them that are um, known are uh, caproic acid, caprylic acid, capric acid, and lauric acid. So one is not like the other. Remember that game? Remember, what was that? Like some TV show when we were growing up, one is not like the other. Anyway, <laughs> I think they're, I they're, do. And I want to I want to highlight that because we're going to talk about these, but basically we're talking about how many carbons are on each MCT and that's how we refer to them. So on the shelves, you're going to see things like MCT powder, MCT oil, but sometimes you see C8 powder, C810 mm. powder, you know, C6, although we don't usually find that. So what I will say of the four, the most popular ones are C8 C10 and C12. So remember again, that C just stands for the amount of carbons on that uh, molecule. And that's how we refer to it. So let's, let's kind of go through this a little bit. Should we just jump right into it? Yeah, because I think listeners that are maybe aware of these have seen, seen them in supplement form or hear about, you know, coconut oil has some um, MCTs, but it's a bad fat or a healthy fat mm -hmm. or some of these things. So yeah. I think, yeah, diving into 
to, you know, why we should care about them and, you know, as it ties to supplements or food products that, that maybe add, uh, MCTs would be helpful. Absolutely. So let's, let's just cross off the first one. So caproic acid or C6, it is very rarely, rarely found. Um, it is rarely manufactured for supplemental use because it's the, the taste is horrible, horrible. So we're, we're just going to cross that one off, right? Absolutely cross it off. So we're really just going to focus. Yeah. We're really going to focus on the C8, C10, C12. Mm -hmm. But I think before we get started, D like people have heard of MCTs and like, Oh yeah, I've seen it in the store. I've seen it, whatever, you know, these biohacking coffee, whatever. I think we should probably talk about maybe the function of MCTs, right? Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is kind of where the rubber meets the road and why I get so excited about talking about MCTs and we can, you know, talk about my journey with these. But here's here's the thing we know about medium chain triglycerides. They, they are a fat. Um, they're stored very differently than long chain fatty acids, which are most other fats, right? So instead of being stored in the adipose tissue, MCTs are stored very close to the mitochondria and just as a science lesson, the mitochondria is the place where we produce ATP or energy. So these MCTs are stored very close to the mitochondria. And in fact, they can be used as energy much faster than long chain fatty acids. So think of like your other oils, basically olive oil, things like that. So why is that important? Well, MCTs store close to the mitochondria. They can be utilized extremely fast for energy, almost as quick as glucose, as carbohydrates do. And that's kind of exciting because as athletes, we're always thinking, how do we get better energy, right? So we know that MCTs can function very closely uh, like carbohydrates in terms of energy production because of where they're stored. They do not have to go through the same metabolic process than their uh, long chain fatty acids do or long chain fats or triglycerides do. So it's a lot faster and that's going to become important in one part of our conversation. So remember, they metabolize extremely fast, can be used as energy much faster than, than other fats. That's what got my attention back in the days, you know, uh, years ago about MCTs, because I was like, wait a second, because, you know, the whole metabolic efficiency, I'm like, how do we improve our body's ability to burn fat, right? Mm -hmm. So I started looking at the different types of fat. And that's why MCTs kind of went onto my radar. Okay. So in summary, we can think of MCTs as a quick fuel source. Absolutely. Would you say that's correct? Absolutely. Just to kind of like a quickie summary yep. of what they are. And even though they're a fat, they can provide an energy source. So when we say fuel source, we could equate that with an energy source. Yes. But I know where you're going to go eventually here with keep this in mind because yes. there's some some other nuggets around that. There are for sure. So knowing kind of what they do. And we kind of crossed off the first of four, that C6. We don't really talk about that one that much because it's not that useful. It, it works as an MCT, that caproic acid or C6, but it's just, it's just not present. So we're just going to okay. cross that off the list. Even though it's there, we're going to cross it off the list. But now I'm going to jump to the other end of the continuum, the C12, which is lauric acid. Now, listeners, listen up to this. Lauric acid is coconut oil. That is the importance here. So we have heard so much, oh my gosh, Dina, like coconut oil helps the skin and it mm -hmm. you can use it as a moisturizer and you know it's great to eat, but oh, wait a second, it has high saturated fat. That must be bad. 
right? Have you heard yeah. that before, Dean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's not, and again, you guys know, Dean and I, it's not about good, bad, you know, it's about, when you know, let's, let's balance things. Let's look at medical health history and all that great stuff. But there are some great benefits to coconut oil, but I'm going to tell you this. And this is, this is really interesting because everyone jumped on the coconut oil bandwagon a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Coconut oil or lauric acid C12 is a me- medium chain triglyceride, but it doesn't act like a medium chain triglyceride. So it doesn't provide that really fast acting energy. And it's, it's, it, it's there like biochemically, it is a medium chain triglyceride because of the amount of carbons on it, but it, it functions like a long chain triglyceride. So while coconut oil can be extremely beneficial, I don't like to classify it as the same in the same sentence as medium chain triglycerides because of the functionality is different than the other three. MCTs. Okay. okay. Hopefully I'm explaining that, you know, in, in easy terms. Yeah. And well, and just in case anyone was curious, like coconut oil has several, cause you mentioned it has saturated fat too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, you said it has, um, lauric acid as well, or the C12. So it's got yeah. a number of different types of fats if you look at the makeup but the lauric right the c12 is the majority exactly that's the right that's a well said well said yeah okay now we kind of take both ends and we cross those off right so now the whole story of mcts is really centered on the middle two right caprylic acid which is carbon 8 or c8 and then capric acid which is c10 Now, the most powerful one for increasing ketones in the body, right? Here's how we Mm. loop in the whole ketone story, ketone esters, like we've been chatting about. Mm -hmm. The most prominent one is C8, hands down. That's caprylic acid. And that's why you'll see specific products that only have C8 or it has C8 powder. Um, Some of them are mixed and it's fine to have a mix of C8 and C10, but the most predominant one is definitely C8 in terms of improving ketones. Now, I think we need to kind of talk about this a little bit, right? Because we've been talking about using exogenous ketone esters, using the Delta G product. You know, we interviewed Dr. Clark, Brian McMahon from Delta G. You and I have been experimenting. But bringing it back to these MCTs, C8 and C10, the upon consumption of these, they will increase ketones in the body. And remember, increasing ketones will um, improve your body's ability basically to burn fat because you're using ketones, fat Mm -hmm. as energy, right? It's a byproduct of fat metabolism. So it is known that these MCTs, C8 and C10, do increase ketones. So they still do have this very beneficial effect in terms of health, in terms of cognitive functioning. Here's where kind of we diverged a little bit. The difference between these MCTs and ketone esters, these exogenous ketone esters, is that these MCTs, as some of our guests have alluded to, when consumed in large amounts, they can produce GI distress, right? That is what really separates MCTs and ketone esters. And remember, we're talking about the ester, not the salt. And you know, we'll, okay. we'll dive into that, but this is the ester. So here's the thing. You can consume a lot more, let's say, Delta G ketone ester, raise your ketone levels very well and at a higher level without GI disturbance, 
you can still increase your ketone levels by taking MCTs, but it takes a lot more of them yeah. to raise your ketone levels to the same degree as ketone esters would. So right? do we know, Bob, is, um, I'm guessing this is a little bit of a trick question. Like what is the amount in mm -hmm. mils or grams of MCT C8, the caprylic acid, Mm -hmm. to get my my blood level of ketones to two millimole compared to the ketone ester from Delta G, for example. Do we know that? Yeah, I think it's kind of like what Brian McMahon said from Delta G. He said, you know, it's kind of dependent on the body size. And I do believe that holds true for MCTs also, just because there is that, that body weight de dose dependent effect. Um, so I, I've never seen a specific, it takes... 5, 10, yeah. 5 grams, 10 grams, right? Because it does depend on our body weight. But here's the thing also, and, you know, I, I think we could probably loop this in. Um, you know, a lot of listeners have probably Googled me if you don't know me. And, you know, I also have uh, two food companies that I own or co-own. And one of them, Baroda Foods, is actually the whole concept of me designing and creating that company was actually on MCTs, D. And I know yeah. you know this story, but it yeah. was because I was so excited years. And this was this was seven, eight years ago. I was so excited about the MCT research. And this is really before ketone esters really started to make a, make a push, but I was so excited with the cognitive benefits. And, you know, so everything in Baroda foods from the creamers to the cocos, to the anti-oatmeal, the oatmeal, it all has MCT specifically okay. C8 in it. And here's what I've learned over time too, is again, we know it's beneficial. Uh, we know it's even antimicrobial. So it, it, it kind of helps, you know, with, with digestive health sometimes too, and it cognitive health significantly, but we know that when you, for, if you're not used to consuming MCTs, when you first consume it, you better be extremely careful, right? And what I recommend is doing like, like if you're going to do a straight powder of MCT powder, do a teaspoon, like the recommended dose is a tablespoon, which yeah. is what about 10 to 12 grams. So I guess that kind of answers your question, you know, maybe 10 to 12 grams is okay, the dose, yeah. but I don't think, again, we can't use that for every person because yeah. we don't, we don't know, but I usually recommend like a teaspoon of that a day for about a week or two, Yeah, your body, you know, how a lot of people said, Oh, I can't eat too many MCTs because I'll have diarrhea or whatever, stomach cramping. And you might, if you consume too much. And I think that's yep. the problem with our society is the whole, Oh, if, if a little is good, then a lot is better. Oh, yeah. Not so much with MCTs, right? I mean, yes. cognitively, yeah. I, like I've noticed personally, like when I overdose, not overdose, when I dose high on on uh, MCTs or any of my the products that we've we developed at Baroda, I feel great cognitively. But initially, you need to allow your digestive system to get used to the yes. MCT because they. <laughs> They go straight to the digestive response. And that's why it kind of bypasses some steps in fat metabolism. Yeah. And that's why you might have loose stool. So listeners, if you try this or any product, dose it very small for about a week or two, and then start increasing it and increasing and increasing it. So as an example, you know, like with one of our products at Broda, our Smart Cocoa, the, the recommended dose is three tablespoons because that's how much we know um, what we know how much caprylic acid is in there to exhibit the height or the raising of the ketone effect. But I always tell people, I'm like, just start out with one tablespoon for a week or two, then two. So, you know, I love it when people say, oh, I just, I can't do it. It just doesn't feel good. I'm like, well, you can't just try it once, yeah. right? It's like ketone okay. esters. Like 
don't just take Delta G one morning and call it good or not good, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to, yeah. you have to try it. But there are there are other are other benefits of of medium chain triglycerides, and that's the cool thing about it is the energy source, the cognitive. Like there's so many other things. I was just remembering a story, Bob, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, this might have been 2012. Yeah. Uh, I was working with a newer athlete who triathlete and, you know, age grouper, she came to me because she was throwing up all the time before she would even start her race or her training, some of her longer training. And so, yeah, this was almost 10 years ago. And in the process of just learning her, she told me that she was mixing MCT oil in her coffee pre-training. I think right. she knew that that was an issue, but like she kept doing the same thing over and over. Um, so I think there was vomiting and out the other end, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, and yeah. And so, yeah. you know, in that process, like, well, how much and what's going on? What else is in there? And then combined with coffee and, and so forth, that became an issue. But then I remember personally trying MCT oil you know, maybe 2015 in my coffee when, you know, yeah, the bulletproof coffee and all that stuff was raging. And yeah, I made the goof of too much. I mean, I think I started with a whole spoon of the oil and I mean, I'm, I was happy there was a restroom nearby, but um, (laughs) that brings a question. Is there a difference at all in powder versus oil or is it just a gram for gram? 100% 100% difference, 100%. Uh-huh. Oil oil will give much more robust effects such that you you were describing with your athlete okay. with yourself. Yeah. I always uh, try to stay away from MCT oil uh, for those who have not been using MCT products or, or the powders or oils, just because initially it can cause a very bad response and a very bad taste in your mouth. Um, not literally, obviously, but just uh, you'll never use it again because mm-hmm. you don't want to have those effects. So yeah. always do the powder um, it's a little bit easier on the digestive system, on the on the stomach for sure, and and you know you can you can dose either one um, separately, but I, I the powder for sure is the way to go. Um, that's one reason why you know when I created Burrito Foods, I was like, ooh, I did that research. I'm like, it, this cannot be a liquid oh, because no. people will gotcha. not respond well to it. Okay, yeah. So it's would you say for some of the listeners trying to. Um, like, do I, do I need the MCT powder or the, like the coffee creamer Bob's talking mm-hmm. about from his company, mm-hmm. or do I get the ketone esters? I mean, we've got a lot of considerations, right, Bob? Like totally. um, not just cost, right. Mm-hmm. But just right. What, what is it we're looking for? Or would you say even just considering the uh, goals or what the expectations how, yeah. how to choose which one or the other. Yeah. And I think both can definitely fit, right? I think if you look down the grid of of what factors you take in that decision-making process, I mean, obviously you mentioned cost. Uh, ketone esters, as, as we heard, are, are expensive now, but they've been working on that in manufacturing. Okay. Uh, caprylic acid is 
very cheap. Uh, ex, you know, the powder is extremely cheap. You can get it anywhere, Amazon, but there are a ton of products, including, you know, the one that I developed, a ton of products on the market that put it in cocoa and creamer. And like, I, I even bake with it. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, like I've got yeah. just straight C8 powder because I do believe that it is that, um, uh, it is that beneficial, but it's so diverse because you can use it in so many different things. Like you can put in smoothies. So it, it's almost like a protein powder that's unflavored versus flavored, right? So okay. you can do the unflavored, which would be just the straight caprylic acid or C8 powder um, for those benefits. Or if you want a little flavor, you can look for these products like the coffee creamers, the cocos out there. So it kind of depends. So I think you'd have a little bit more uh, function or, or I guess... I guess you just have more options with the MCT powder because they're in so many products because it, it, they've been around for years where I think the ketone esters are just entering the market, right? Delta G is doing a great job with their health product, which by the way, I tried that um, this week, Dean. I love that taste. I love it. I, I cannot tell you the health one, the white oh, bottle. Oh yeah, it is have good. You tried that? It? I it is, it, yeah. Yeah, I like that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I could do that straight. I don't even need to chase it. So I mean, yeah. my point is that right now the ketone esters, especially from Delta G, they're making it more palatable. They're working on the affordability, but it really depends all, not only on how you want to use it, but I see this, like, what do you want to use it for? Like how mm -hmm. much do you want to raise your ketones? Right. Because mm -hmm. like I said, MCT using a powder or product, it's going to take a little bit more MCT to raise your ketones to higher levels. Mm -hmm. Whereas the ketone esters, I feel are very superior in raising your ketone levels very quickly to higher levels. So okay. where do we want the millimoles of ketone? Do we want it like above 1.5, which is considered nutritional ketosis, or do we want it above two or 2.5 or three, right? So I think it really depends on why we're using these and what do we want out of them. Okay. Yeah. Would you say, Bob, in your, you know, in all of your education in this world of MCTs, and even if we just talk about the C8 caprylic mm -hmm. uh, medium chain fat, uh, what about appetite suppression oh, or yeah. some of those things? Is it, can you speak to that and what, what yeah, you've for seen sure. and you, what you know? You'll yeah, you'll see both um, appetite suppression, both the MCT or from the MCTs and the ketone esters, the exogenous ketone esters. Um, I, I don't know if it's a one-to-one -one, because like I said, you'll you'll need more MCTs to raise blood ketone levels to the same level that you would use less exogenous ketone esters, but they both have the same effect, right? Okay. It's just, you know, as, as I think Dr. Clark was alluding to in our um, conversation with her, she said you would just you know, she said something about tummy problems or, right. You would, you would have yeah. more tummy problems because you would have to take a lot more of the MCTs, but they do both function in very similar ways regarding appetite suppression and hunger levels. Okay. Thanks to our episode sponsor, Inside Tracker, created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. I've been using Inside Tracker biomarker testing with all of my athletes to help them manage their health, nutrition, and training adaptations. I use it because Inside Tracker provides interpretation of biomarkers and puts the data into real life action by providing food and meal examples to help improve athletes' health and nutrition. Each athlete has their own dashboard and can use the Inside Tracker resources to build better meals and snacks, manage nutrient deficiencies, and take a proactive approach to optimizing health, nutrition, and training. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com 
forward slash ISN podcast. That's insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast. Honestly, let's look back at the whole biohacking. That's one of the reasons why, you know, Dave Asprey did that. To, if you really look at it, it was to help brain function. Yes. But in his weight loss journey, like he was trying to find something that would work better. And that's kind of where he fell on the whole MCTs was he's like, oh, this, this does have the benefit of, you know, working on ghrelin, on the ghrelin response, the appetite hormone and helping with his weight loss journey. And I think that's how a lot of this MCT story was really born. Yes, agreed. I think I'm thinking of another area that might be confusing between MCT supplementation or including mm -hmm. more MCT through food versus using the exogenous ketone ester from, for example, the Delta G. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, Brian and Professor Clark were talking about how the exogenous ketone esters uh, a misconception is that we'll actually burn more fat if we right. take exogenous ketone esters. So how does that work with the MCT addition or inclusion? Do we yeah, burn more it, fat or does it attenuate some of that fat? It does oxygen? attenuate some of it. I mean, you're still going to have an increase in ketones, right? Which again, can have that as, as we learned from both Brian and Dr. Clark or Professor Clark, we can have that, um, not only the the suppression of appetite, like we were saying, but but the in inhibition of lipolysis, which is the inhibiting the breakdown of fat. But here's the thing too. I mean, MCTs are a fat, right? So you're actually, and because they're, again, going through the back basic biochemistry, they're stored close to the mitochondria. You're going to use them as an energy source. I don't think it has the same uh, lipolysis inhibiting effect as exogenous ketone esters because they are actually used for that energy source in the mitochondria very quickly. Whereas we know ketone esters, they, again, ketone esters do function on the muscle, but our brain, from what I've learned also, will dominate the use of ketone esters when introduced in the body because it's a much more let's call it cleaner source of energy. Mm. So the brain wants to hoard that first because it says, hey, I'm most important here, not the muscles, right? Okay. Unless we're exercising. So I guess you can kind of talk about rest versus exercise also. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you done a lot of Bob's experiments then with regard to using the MCTs or the, you know, with uh, prior to exercise or have you used much during I've, you know, I've only used, so when I was, again, kind of the idea of, you know, Baroda foods and using MCTs and products, of course, I, I did my due diligence N of one, right? And I do have a business partner um, who is, it was female. So we, she had N of one also, but I think it was kind of cool because female and male, we actually saw extremely similar responses in ketone levels okay. upon similar dosing strategies, yep. which I thought, oh. like, I was like, I thought we would find something different. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Again, just N of one, N of one. So N of right. two, but, um, I did experiment quite a bit in, in trying to determine what dosage of caprylic acid to add to the Baroda foods products. And again, the, the dosage that we put that is, you know, in, in our product for our, our guidelines, our recommendations is the amount that will put you into nutritional ketosis, which is usually, 
defined as above 1.5 millimoles of ketones. Mm-hmm. However, it's so dependent on the person because what I would all, what I also did was I did like a low carb, high fat diet for a while, and then did some experiments with MCTs. And then my normal, like metabolically efficient, you know, nutrition plan. Then I even did a high carb, lower fat, which I did not like at all. Just as an mm-hmm. aside, it was felt way too bloated. I felt like I was just eating all the time, but I did notice that on the metabolically efficient plan and the low carb, high fat, my ketone response was much better when I did dose with MCTs because my body was already used to efficiently utilizing more of my internal fat stores. I see. Yeah. But I mean, I pricked my finger so many times. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the ketone levels and the fasted, non-fasted, and it's just, you know, obviously we know in a fasted state, if you introduce MCTs or exogenous ketone esters, you're going to have a very pronounced effect because there's nothing to, to, you know, really disturb that, right? Mm-hmm. Versus in a fed state, um, I believe that there is some differences between the MCTs and the exogenous ketone esters, like Brian was saying too, is, you know, he said, if you have a high carb meal and you take the exogenous ketone esters, it'll help actually blunt that insulin response a little bit, right? Yeah, or decrease exactly. the blood sugar response. Yeah, exactly. And, and that I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know if that's true for MCTs. I, I would doubt it, but again, I cannot speak to that intelligently. Okay. What are we missing here in terms of the MCTs yeah. in the discussion? I, you know, I think it's, I think what we've done is we've educated on what they are, what functions they have, which ones to look for. And those are really C8 and C10. Like if you want to use an MCT product, um, use it, pick in a C8 or C10 or a combination, which actually a lot of the products on the market are because it reduced the cost. It's kind of like a whey protein powder, like a whey protein isolate that actually has some whey protein concentrate in it because concentrate's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper. So like the C10 is a lot cheaper, but you'll see a lot of products that are combined. If you want to try them out, I do recommend a powder, not an oil, because it's just Got a it. little bit easier on the stomach. Yeah. We talked about dosing, like start small, do not, do not go aggressive <laughs> with this. Um, maybe even unless put you it have the toilet nearby. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe even, I don't know if you're used to eating, you know, cause, cause I don't know, there, there are some food products that will have the, the MCTs in them. So maybe you do have some of those, you know, products that you're already doing. So maybe your digestive system is warmed up if you will yeah. to them. But I, I would definitely start out small. If you just want to use the powder, you know, put it in yogurt, put it in oatmeal, put it in smoothies, whatever. Like I said, there are tons of products out there that you can actually try it where they actually taste good. Um, you know, so the creamers, the cocos, there's so many things out there that have MCTs, but you have to make sure that they have the C8 predominantly. Cause that, like I said, initially, that's the one that really does a great job in raising blood ketone levels. Okay. So the C8 yeah. caprylic, mm-hmm. caprylic, uh, acid. Caprylic. I just exactly. had a question. Uh, if someone was like, Hey, I'm checking out Bob's, um, Baroda yeah. website. What is your favorite product there, Bob? Like if oh someone wanted to delve into this world of MCT yeah. foods, you know, um, or foods that have yeah. some caprylic acid, which one would you yeah. say is good? Well, let me tell you best? the quick story behind Baroda foods. So as you know, I grew up in the mountains in Colorado and 
as you also know, because you live up there, um, it gets cold in the wintertime, right? Yeah. And I grew up a hot chocolate person. Like, I mean, I, hot chocolate and peanut butter are right up there with like my favorites. Like I could, mm-hmm. you know, put me on a desert island, although maybe not desert <laughs> island and drink hot chocolate, maybe cool <laughs> chocolate. Anyway, so I have this thing for hot chocolate. And I remember I was on a bike ride years ago and it was wintertime, but it was one of those days in Colorado where you could still get out there and like, okay. But a storm was coming and I got kind of caught in that storm. And I had about, I think it was about 10 miles I had to ride home. And I'm like freezing my, you know what off. And the only thing in my head was what can get me warm, right? Well, I can pedal faster, but then there's more wind. So the only thing I was consumed with, it was hot cocoa, hot chocolate, right? Mm -hmm. So I get home and I'm like, I don't want to put all this crap sugar, this white processed refined sugar in my body. Literally, this is how Barota Foods was born was how can I make cocoa better? And I didn't want to just say, oh, take the sugar out and use a sugar alcohol or sugar mm-hmm. substitute or stevia. I wanted to actually make it functional. So I this is really how it was born. And, and it's going to answer your question, obviously. But I wanted to find a functional hot cocoa that I could have. And there was there were none on the market at that point. So that's when I did a ton of research because MCTs were kind of on my radar, did a ton of research. And lo and behold, the first product, which is near and dear to my heart is smart cocoa. And we call it smart because of the cognitive benefits of MCTs and C8. So hands down, my favorite is the cocoa, the smart cocoa. Awesome. I have that in the wintertime. It's like every single night I have that. Yay. Yes. Delish. And that makes total sense. I I do recall that story and yeah. great to know like yeah. the inspiration for all of this totally. let alone all because i was yeah. freezing my butt off yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then discovering you know the the beauty of the potential health you know brain oh, yeah. effects and let alone it being an enjoyable uh exactly you know, sensory experience as well yeah but you can also i mean i i don't know if you've met people who don't like chocolate dina have you ever met anyone I mean, I know a few people that don't, that just don't care for it, but they're not big foodies anyways. You know, they're fascinating to me. Yeah. Fascinating that you can't like chocolate. Now I I do know an individual who's allergic to cocoa. So I totally get that. Right. But like, not like, I remember I met this one lady years ago. She's like, oh no, I don't like chocolate. And my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, you don't like chocolate? What? (laughs) So anyway, because we we also just a shameless plug, we also have a creamer. Uh, we call it Smart Coconut Creamer. Um, it has actually a little bit of coconut powder, but a you know a lot more of the C8 in there because the coconut powder is just like for flavoring. And so we we were like, okay, we respect people who don't like chocolate, even though I don't understand it. So we made a creamer. Um, so you can use, you know, people are like, oh yeah, I put half and half of my creamer and almond milk. I'm like, that's totally fine. But if you want your coffee or tea to be functional. Maybe you try a, a creamer that has some MCT, specifically C8 in it, because that's an yeah. easy, like easy way, morning routine, start to get your brain functioning well. And that's, again, why people take exogenous ketone esters mm-hmm. in the morning and like the coffee booster from Delta G. So, yeah. you know, you can use those interchangeably. It just, again, depends on the method, the cost, the taste, um, you know, all those different things. I, I think yeah. those, both of them can go hand in hand. Yeah, another great option for us. We'll be sure to put all the info in the show notes to some of the summary points that you mentioned, Bob, and and a link to Baroda Foods too, because I think that's a great a great place to shop for for the products that you mentioned, and you know, helping us out. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, again, biasly, it was, it was created by two registered sport dietitians. So, Hey, you can't go wrong there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Anything else you want to add? You know, I would just add, I think we covered this. I think some of it's still going to be a little confusing. So listeners, we, Dean and I would love it if you just emailed us any questions you have related to MCTs, exogenous ketone esters, because we know it's a confusing area. Um, it's it's kind of tough sometimes even to keep up on the research because there's so much coming out right now and so much confusion. So just shoot us an email. We would love to turn this into, you know, ask us anything and uh, turn this into an episode in the future. So I, I would just end with that, D. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Bob, for all of the explanation and going through everything related to MCTs, at least in this higher level, although you gave some great details. So yes, listeners, thanks for being here with us and we'll catch you on the next episode. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 51, MCTs, what you need to know. We had a fun time doing that one. If you do have questions, as we said in the episode, please email Adina and I, hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. We would love to answer your questions and actually just devote a whole entire episode to your questions. So please reach out, let us know if you have any of those questions specific to MCTs or anything else for that matter. We'd like to thank our episode sponsor, Inside Tracker, created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast and receive your 20% off. That's insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast. Next week's episode, this one's going to be a fun one. Dina and I pick a research study that is all about high carbohydrate feeding during exercise. In fact, a ridiculously high carbohydrate quantity feeding during exercise. So we're going to pick that apart. We're going to discuss it. We're going to specifically give you some insight on, do we really need to eat that many carbs during training, during exercise, during competition? Where is the data and where are the real life strategies? So we cannot wait for that one. Please join us. If you do would like to support us and our podcast, help us continue to grow, have array of nutrition experts, athlete interviews, and all these updates that we're giving on all things sport nutrition related, please consider making a donation over on our website, insidesportsnutrition.com forward slash support. We would love your support in addition to that in promoting our podcast. So if you do find everything that we're talking about is beneficial and it's useful and you're really, really, really gaining some great information from it, please visit your podcast platform of choice. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. It just really helps us grow our podcast organically around the world so we can share it with more individuals. If you would like more information about what Dina and I do, in our respective businesses, you can head on over to energyperformance.com. That is E-N-R-G-Performance.com to contact me. To contact Dina, head on over to nutritionmechanic.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guest involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. 